Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. Samuel. Now, there was a man by the name of Elkanah. Somebody say Elkanah. And he had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah, and the name of the, the other was Penina. And Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. Somebody say, Hannah had no children. And this man went up out of his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hafni and Phinehas, Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. When the time was that Elkanah offered, he gave to Penina his wife and to all her sons and daughters portions. Say all her sons and all her daughters. But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah, 
shut up her womb. And her adversary also provoked her sore for to make her fret because the Lord had shut up her womb. And as he did so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. Then said Elkanah, her husband, to her, Hannah, why weepest thou? And why eatest thou not? And why is thy heart grieved? Am not I better to thee than ten sons? So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk. Now Eli the priest sat upon a seat by the post of the temple of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul. She prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life shall no razor come upon his head, meaning he will be sanctified unto you. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations there was given to me a thorn in the flesh a messenger of Satan to buffet me lest I should be exalted above measure for this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me and he said unto me my grace is sufficient for thee for my strength is made perfect in weakness most gladly therefore will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me therefore I take pleasure in infirmities in reproaches in necessities in persecutions in distresses distresses for Christ's sake for when I am weak then am I strong. Amen. Somebody say, when I am weak, then am I strong. Amen. I want to preach to you this morning on this subject. We can call it a couple of different things. The frustration of infirmity or true strength. Amen. True strength. I wonder if you could lay your Bibles down this morning. Lift your hands to the Lord. Just ask the Lord to speak to you today. God, we love you today, Lord. We're thankful, God. Lord, for your presence that we feel in this house today. God, thankful for every person that's made their way out to be in the house of the Lord today, God. I pray that your blessing would be upon the 
remainder of this service, Lord. I pray that you would bless your word today, God. I pray, Lord, that your anointing would flow, that you would anoint our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and our hearts to be understanding of your word. I pray that you would anoint your messenger today to preach your word, Lord. God, I pray, God, that you would cause me to disappear in your anointing, Lord. God, unction me into a vein of your anointing that would lead us straight to the heart, God, of this people, of this city, Lord, of this region. God, we pray in the name of Jesus that thine will be done, Lord, in earth as it's already been purposed in heaven. And we'll give you all of the praise, the glory, and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Clap your hands one more time. be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Am I too loud? Good, turn me up. Got a couple complaints a couple weeks ago. It's uh, reaching the dangerous level. ready for the word? Oh my. Are you ready for the word? Are you awake? Amen. Amen. This is a great story in the book of 1 Samuel uh, about um, Hannah. Amen. Hannah was one of the wives of Elkanah and Penina was the other wife. Man, back then in those days, um, they would marry multiple wives and there was no problem with it. Uh, there is a problem with it today. Somebody say amen. Amen. That's, uh, uh, I don't want to go there. We need to uh, understand that there was some competition going on in this family dynamic between Penina and Hannah. Amen. There was some, some somebody say competition. Amen. There was, a, uh, there was a, uh, me against you or you against me. Amen. There was, a, uh, there was some conflict in this family dynamic. How many know that in fam every family there's conflict? Amen. There's, there's conflict in every family. I don't care what family you come out of, there's conflict. I don't care how perfect that family may seem, there is conflict. And not only is there conflict, there is uh, a competitiveness. Amen. There is a competition that occurs a lot of times between uh, siblings. We call it the sibling rivalry. Amen. Uh, these two were both competing for the love of the husband. They were both competing for um, the love of Elkanah. Amen. They were they were competing for his attention and competing for his love. Amen. Back in this day and time, um, a woman desired to have children. Amen. It was it was considered to be a great blessing from the Lord for them to be able to have children. Man, how many know that in the Garden of Eden, when he told Adam and Eve, he said, be fruitful and multiply. Amen. I could see my dad leaning over to my wife, or leaning over to my wife, to my mom saying, you're blessed. Is that what you told her? Because she had eight children. 
Amen. But uh, back in that day and time, it was the blessing of the Lord. Amen. That the fruit of the, the, the womb was being productive, that the woman was producing the children. How many know that if the women don't produce the children, there are going to be no children? Amen. He made them male and female. Amen. There was a, there's a difference between a male and a female. Amen. He put them in their perspective places with their roles, essential roles to, to be fulfilled in mankind and through the process of, of the call of God and what you were made and purposed to do and to be. Amen. And the purpose and the blessing of God was revealed in women when they were having children. Amen. When they when, when they were being productive in having children. Amen. It proved that the blessing of the Lord was upon them. Somebody say amen. They were a blessed people. When other women looked at looked at Penina, they thought, man, she is blessed of the Lord. Amen. Now in the day and time that we live in, that's really not the case. If you see somebody with a bunch of kids, you're like, oh my. Man, I hate to have to have that food bill. You know what I'm talking about. We spend, well, I have five children, and they're, they're all teenagers now. And so, uh, well, some are in their 20s. But uh, our food bill is outrageous. And if you want to trade food bills, you just, let's do it. Amen. I'd be willing to trade. Amen. You look at people today and you see them with a bunch of children and you don't necessarily say that they're blessed of the Lord. But how many know children are a blessing from the Lord? Children are a blessing from God. Only God can give life. Only God can cause the womb to be productive. Come on, how many know he said, when you were in your mother's womb, I knew you and ordained you to be a prophet. If God gives life, there's a purpose for life. And so if God's giving children, there's a purpose for that. That's the purpose of God. Somebody say amen. Amen. Sometimes we get we get things twisted and we don't really understand that having children is a good thing. Amen. Uh, passing on the next generation is a good thing. Amen. How many know that we need to burst some some children in the kingdom of God so that we can have the next generation of the church? Somebody say amen. Amen. But Penina was blessed, seemingly, and Hannah was barren. Man. And so Hannah was desiring to have what Penina had. Amen. And, and she, she, she felt herself to be deficient. Amen. She was in a, in a place. And the Bible specifically tells us that the Lord shut up her womb. Amen. Meaning the Lord did not allow her to be productive. Man, she was unproductive because the Lord had his hand upon her. Amen. She was unproductive and her womb was shut up because of the Lord. Somebody say because of the Lord. Amen. When there's purpose on a person's life, a lot of times it will they will seemingly be unproductive. Amen. But I come to tell you this morning, I'm just going to let the cat out of the bag, that, that the purpose of God comes through deficiency. 
Come on. It comes through the deficiency or a, a barren womb, if you will. Penina was productive. She was having all the children that she wanted. Every time she wanted to get pregnant, she got pregnant. Amen. Every time what, what she wanted came to pass. Come on. It seemed like that she had everything that, that she could ever want. It seemed like that she was happier than Hannah. She was more productive than Hannah. Amen. She had more purpose than Hannah. But I come to tell you, there's a lot of people under the sound of my voice this morning, you look at the lives of other people and you think, how, how come it's so easy for them? Come on. How come it seems so easy for them? How come it seems like they have all the answers? How come it seems like things just go so smooth for them? How come it seems like that they don't even have to struggle or they don't even have to try to be successful and you're struggling and trying to make ends meet? Come on. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I come to preach to a barren generation this morning that just because you're barren doesn't mean that you don't have any purpose. In fact, the purpose of God rests upon the barren. Amen. Hannah was, 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 was seemingly deficient. Amen. Somebody say deficient. Without the means, without the ability, come on, without the strength, it wasn't that she didn't want to be, she didn't have the power to be. Come on, it wasn't that she didn't want to become, she didn't have the power to become. Come on, it wasn't that, 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 she, that she didn't have a deep desire to be used of the Lord, but she didn't have the power to be used of the Lord. Come on, it just happened easy for Penina. She was reproductive. She was producing. Come on, she was productive in her life. And she, other people looked at her and thought that she was blessed. Amen. How many know that Hannah at some point in her life probably wished that she was Penina? Come on, she probably wished that she had a different life. Come on, she probably wished, I wish I could just walk in her shoes just for one day. I wish I could be born in that family or I wish I could have that job or I wish I could have that husband. If I had that, I would be productive and I would be I would be the best wife that, that anybody could ever want. But I come to preach to you today that the deficiency in your life is working something in you that having everything could never do. Amen. Not having what she needed was working for her. Not having what she wanted was working for her. Come on. Not only was it working for her, but it was working for the purpose of God. Come on. Because in order for somebody to be used of the Lord, there's got to be something in you that wants to give everything to God. Come on. Somebody that has everything, it's easy for them to take it and to live and consume it through their own lusts. Somebody that can't do it on their own, at some point in your life, it's going to drive you to an altar. Come on. It's going to drive you to a place where you realize, I can't do this on my own. Amen. I can't make it by myself. I want to be right, but I can't do it myself. I want to produce what I'm supposed to produce, but I seemingly can't find it. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Amen. I'm trying to do the right thing. I'm trying to change my life. Come on. I'm trying to be a good man. 
I'm trying to be a good woman, but I seemingly can't find it. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm trying to change the thoughts of my mind, and I'm trying to make all the right decisions, and, and I'm trying to work it out, but I can't find the ability to do it. I come to tell you today, you can't do it on your own. Come on, there is a weakness on the inside of each and every one of us that can't be met with anything but God. Come on, there is a deficiency on the inside of every person that's ever used for the purpose of God. And there's a deficiency only be met by God. Come on, there is a shortcoming. There is a place in your behavior. Come on, there is a place in your decision making that you can never get right on your own. The only way it's ever going to be made right is when you totally surrender to God. drove her to a place of humility. Drove her to a place where she could submit her life totally to God. Somebody say totally. Penina say she didn't need that altar. There's no place in the scripture where it ever speaks of her ever getting serious with God. But Hannah, you see, can I just talk to you this morning? We see infirmity as a bad I've failed I see myself as less amen because there's a void on the inside of me because my family's messed up come on because my past is messed up I see myself as less than other people that have seemingly always made the right decisions and they're prosperous and they're successful and they seem like they have no need in their life. And they seem like they're totally happy. Amen. They seem like they have everything that they want. Amen. But I come to preach to this church this morning that people that have everything they want don't need God. And people that have everything that they want won't make it to heaven. Come on. People that have everything that they want won't ever be used of the Lord. People that have everything that they want will never be anointed of God. Come on, people that have everything that they want will never reach a place of an altar where they bow themselves before God and they say, Lord, I don't have it in me to be what I need to be. I can't do it by myself. I know what I, the desire that I have to be right. I know the desire that I have to be productive, but to find it in me, I can't find it. I can't be it by myself. I can't be it without you. I can't be it without your blessing. Come on. And she made a vow unto the Lord. 
wish I could just preach to somebody to let you know God's looking for a vow. He's looking for a commitment. He's looking for something from you that's more than just a Sunday morning service. But it is a, a total and complete commitment to the ways and the life that God has called you to live. somebody that infirmity that's upon you that's not sent by the devil come on quit trying to pray it off quit trying to get out from underneath of it because it's not going to leave you until you submit to God because when God's got a purpose for your life he won't leave you alone he won't allow you to be happy without him am I preaching to anybody you can understand that whom he purposed he is also called Man, the call of God was upon Hannah to produce something more than normal. Somebody say more than normal. It doesn't say anything about Penina's kids. It doesn't say anything about their anything great that they had done. Anything special they had done any 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 time that being used of the Lord or, or or anything like that they were they just had what they wanted they had what they needed that's all but Hannah it produced a vow somebody say a vow a vow is a commitment This word is foreign to our generation. It really is foreign. Uh, because we don't want to be committed to anything. Man, there was a, a guy I was talking to, young guy talking to at work there about a week ago. I've been working the preload with a lot of young guys at work and, and uh, got laid off from driving. And so I'm being around all these young guys. And, and a couple of these guys, uh, they show up for say amen and then there was a, another young guy there and, and he calls off every now and then there's a lot of those there's more of those than there are of the other and so we were talking about they were talking about what they're going to do and and you know what their plans are next and, and this guy spoke up and he, he's like I'm going to be a I'm going to I'm going to be a professional video
actually pay money to watch these people play video games. Is that twisted? Is that just is it just me or is that twisted, brother Dan? I, I don't understand that. <laughs> watch them fight a battle that's fake. Go on their black ops thing, and it's not even real. And and so he's he's like, well, you got to play video games for hours, and and you you gotta, uh, you know, I'm I'm only working this job because I have to, because that's what I'm gonna do. I was like, wow, now that's some that's a plan. Man, I said, how much does that pay? Well, it's not paying me anything right now. You know, I said. Well, it seems like you should be focusing on what's going to pay and what's not, because if you don't focus on what's going to pay, then you're probably going to lose out. Eventually, you're going to run out of call-offs. Come on, somebody. And you're going to have to get another job. Amen. Eventually, you're going to run out of jobs, and then you're not going to have away. Too many times we focus on the less important things and we're committed to those things more than we are the things that really truly matter in our lives. We have to understand that if you're going to have the purpose of God operating in your life, you're going to have to commit to God. Amen. You're not going to be able to be on the fence and in one day and out the next. And uh, uh, I'm going to live right one day and not the next. Amen. You got to be committed to the Lord that God's going to produce in my life what He said He's going to produce. Come on. I'm going to make a vow to the Lord today that from here forward, whatever you want to do in my life, I'm committed to it, God. If you give it to me, I'm going to give it back to you. Hannah had a heart to please God that if you give me what I'm desired of you, I'm going to give it back to you. I'm going to use it for your glory. See, God trusted Hannah to give her something of value something of purpose because he knew that she had a heart to please him. I'm going to tell you, when you've come up and you've struggled through infirmity and you've struggled through weakness and you've struggled through unproductivity, come on, and you've struggled through trying to make it, I'm going to, it produces something on the inside of you that makes you loyal to God because when you finally get it, you know the real thing when you have it. Come on, you're not easily sold on that which is fake, but when you really truly get it, you've got it for good. I come to tell you that when Hannah got that child, she knew it came from God, and there was no doubt in her mind where that child was going. Can God really trust us with his purpose? Are we sold out to what his call out to what he wants to do in our lives. I come to tell you, the moment that you vow to God, it'll change. The moment that you make a vow to God and you do your part, it will shift. It will begin to be birthed. It'll be sown in your heart. The deliverance that you're looking for, it takes a total commitment. That marriage that you're looking for, it takes a total commitment. Come on. That job that you're looking for, it takes a total commitment. Clap your hands to the Lord. He's worthy. Somebody say total. We don't like the people in our lives like Penina sometimes. We, we begrudge them. Somebody say, I'll bow your neighbor and tell him. Don't be bitter. 
come they never had to go through what I went through? How come they didn't struggle like I struggled? How come they found it so easy? I seemingly could never find it. Members of God's rest of the He won't allow you to be productive in anything other than Him. When His love is upon you, when His purpose is upon you, amen, there will come a time. It provoked Hannah. Let me know it said her adversary. some answers, didn't it? It provoked something in her, amen, that only a barren womb could produce. Come on, somebody. Amen. You, you, you got to be, you, you got to understand today that, that, that when the hand of the Lord is upon you, amen, I, I've struggled with it. Amen. I, uh, it seemed like in my past, nothing ever worked. Amen. Nothing, no matter what I did, what I put my hand to do, it never prospered. Amen. I tried to make it prosper. It would just fall apart. Come on. It, w- it was like I was building upon the sand. Amen. Like I was building upon ground that was movable. Amen. I was building upon the sand. Has anybody ever built a castle on the seashore? Man, you build that castle knowing that that water is going to come in and the water has power over the sand. Somebody say amen. The Bible says that when we build our house upon what we want, how we want to build it, amen, it's like we're building our house upon the sand. Amen. And when the water came, the rain came, and the winds blew, he said the great was the fall of it. Amen. Because it's going to crumble. It's going to change. It's movable. Amen. But when you build your house upon the rock, when you build your house upon the word of God, upon something solid, that when the rain comes, it doesn't say that the rain's not going to come, but when it does come, your house is going to be strong enough to withstand that which came. I come to tell you, the reason it falls apart, the reason that it all come crashing down, the reason that it never worked out. The reason that you're insecure and it feels like you can never reach or attain is because God's got something for you. Amen. And if the only way that you're ever going to be satisfied in your spirit and in your life is if you put God first. If you make a vow unto the Lord, he'll satisfy the longing of your soul. He'll give, he'll be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. He'll be provision for your house. Come on. He'll be healing for your heart. Healing for your mind and healing for your body but you got to make a vow unto the Lord if you get anything out of this message today you need to know give it to God come on you got to give it to God I don't care what everybody else is doing you can't use them as a template you got to do what God is calling you to do somebody say amen Amen. no doubt for a while she tried to she tried to be like Penina she tried to do it like Penina Amen. She tried to use her as an example. Amen. Uh, But sooner or later, she became her adversary. Because that way of life and that mindset is foreign to people who are called of God. 
because that's not that's not the reality of what life really is. Somebody say amen. It was the emptiness. It was the infirmity. It was, it was the, the lack. So we say the lack, the deficiency that made room for God. So we say it was the deficiency. We're pretty hard on ourselves. about ourselves based on one failure or one inconsistency. Come on. You may know what I'm talking about. Because we fail, I can never be used of the Lord. Because I have a trouble. Come on. I have a weakness. Somebody say weakness. We look down on weakness. first start raising our kids. I thought, we're going to do this right. We're going to, we want, we talk about it, we want our kids to be balanced. We want them to be well-rounded. We want them to, to be for you. I'm not perfect. If you're perfect, please raise your hand. We'll escort you out of this building because you don't belong here. Amen, because <laughs> raise your hand. I'm going to, where's my ushers? then why are you here? Come on. If you don't have any needs, why are you here, right? Amen. I soon 
realized after a couple of years, I was like, man, uh, uh, I'm not perfect and my wife's not perfect. Don't tell her I said that. Newsflash, she's not perfect either. And if neither one of us are perfect, how in the world are we going to raise perfect kids? Amen. So after getting that revelation, I wasn't, I wasn't shocked when my kids started making mistakes. Come on, somebody. I wasn't shocked when they started acting human. Come on. I wasn't let down when they lied for the first time. like the, I mean, we, we, as soon as we come into church, we think, well, I'm holy. I, I've never done that. No, that's a, that's a lie. We have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Amen. God doesn't ever want to be in a church where there's a bunch of perfect people that never needed him. Come on, God fills churches where there's people that realize I need him every day, every hour, every minute, every second, every moment of my life. I need him. I can't make the right decisions. I can't do it right. I can never get it right by myself. If I had the power to do it myself, I would not need him. If I had the ability to do it perfect, he wouldn't have had to go to the cross. Come on. If I had the need, if I had the ability to be a, to, to live perfect and act perfect and talk perfect and be a perfect dad and be a perfect friend and be a perfect preacher, then Jesus wouldn't have had to go to the cross. But I come to tell you that he was crucified from the foundation of the world. It was purposed from the foundation of the world that he would fill the void where humans fell short. Amen. Wherever you're falling short this morning, Jesus can make up the gap. Wherever you're missing it, Jesus can make up the hedge. Wherever it is that you're falling short and you're deficient this morning, understand you're not enough. I realized a long time ago, I'm not enough, but he's enough. Come on. He is enough to make up the hedge and be the difference. Why don't you lift your hands to the Lord this morning and just feel after him right now. God, I love you today. Lord, I'm thankful that I'm not enough. I'm thankful, God, that you called me. Come on, I'm thankful that you allowed my womb to be barren. Somebody say, I'm thankful. Paul's revelation that brought added weakness. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 12, we can just go there for just a moment. I'm getting ready to close. said there was a there was a weakness in me there was an infirmity that I had now this is Paul this is Apostle Paul who wrote more of the New Testament than any other writer he was a missionary an apostle to the Gentile nations 
highly used of the Lord, highly anointed of God. Be scarce to find another man more anointed of God than Apostle Paul. And he said, there was this thorn in my, in my flesh. There, there was this weakness that I had. It was, a, it was a messenger of Satan buffeted me. All right, it was an avenue through which Satan could attack him. is it reminded him that he was human. That he wasn't, he had not gotten to the place where he had attained perfection. But that he too was also frail and in need of the hand of God. He too was frail and weak and in need of the grace of God. Sometimes we think that, that we can develop such a lifestyle, such a, such a pure lifestyle that we're no longer in need of the grace of God. That's false. Amen. We are all human. We are all have weakness. We all have infirmity. Come on. We all have, have things that God is working on and working at and giving us grace over. Am I preaching to anybody? Paul, the apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians at the, towards the end of his letter is letting them know, listen, there was something in my world that reminded me that I too was weak and that I too had an infirmity and I too needed the grace of God in order to move on and to survive. Am I preaching to anybody? You're never going to get to the place where you don't need God's grace, you don't need his mercy, and you don't need his love. If you ever get to that place, you're in danger of hellfire. You're in danger of losing out with God. I come to remind some people the fact that you're imperfect is just a reminder of the cross and the blood of Jesus Christ who brings perfection said it's a constant reminder that I'm human I never come out of the ground I'm human and you felt so close to heaven that you felt heavenly I'm serious it's possible the Bible says that we are seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus there are times of heavenly experience. Paul said there was a time, whether I was in the body or out of the body, I don't know, but all I know is I was caught up to the third heaven and I saw revelations that cannot be uttered. The things that I saw and the things that I heard, I can't even talk about. This is right before he tells this. Amen. He said, because of the revelations that I saw, there was a thorn in my flesh that was sent to buffet me. Amen. There was something that was allowed. There was something that, that kept me on my 
knees. There was something that kept me in the realization that I'm not heavenly yet and I haven't got there yet and I haven't attained yet but I'm still striving and I'm still reaching and I'm still humbling myself because in order for me to be saved I have to realize the old, the, 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 the perfect state of my life. If I have flesh, I am flesh. Somebody say amen. He said I had revelations that lifted me up. Amen. Well, I've come out of prayer meetings and I've, I've seen things in the spirit and experienced the, the presence of the Lord and felt like I was walking on the clouds. Amen. Felt like God had done something in me that I'm never going to struggle again. run through a troop and jump over a wall and I felt so strong that I would never fall and I would never falter and I would never be tempted again I would never do wrong again God has, God has finally got me there then I got out in traffic and somebody cut me off and all of a sudden all the heavenly went out the window get mad when they cut you off? There's a couple honest people in the house. <laughs> you know, as I've gotten older, I don't get mad as much. Amen. Works patience. Tribulation works patience. Causes you to slow down a little bit and realize. And it don't matter how fast you try to get there, you're going to get there about the same time regardless. That's a whole other message. Amen. We got to realize that God can be doing great things in our lives, but that doesn't need, mean that we're ever going to get to the place where we don't need Him. And it's the deficiencies in our lives that keep us on our knees. It's our failures, you know. It's our failures that keep us in the altar. He said, take heed you stand, lest you fall. Because the moment that, that you get to the place where you feel like that you don't have to put forth any effort anymore, amen, there's a fall coming. There's going to be. Have you ever met somebody that's very judgmental? Judgmental people. You know what happens to people that are judgmental? They fail. They fail. You know the, the thing that can teach people mercy better than anything else is falling yourself. Because when you realize that you need mercy, you don't have any problem giving mercy to other people. Amen. You know people that uh, have failed, they're scared to walk back through the doors of this building because they're scared of what people might think about them. They're scared of whether or not they're going to be accepted by the church or accepted by God. Can I just preach to you if you're watching on live stream? You're welcome here. We are, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all need God on a daily basis. We all need the grace of God 
to survive. Amen. The love of God is for all of us. Amen. It's going to help you. I know there's some deficiencies, but don't give up on yourself and realize the reason that deficiency is there. It's to point you to God. Come on. You're going to go to God. You're going to get what you need from God. And yeah, you're going to be better, but there's always going to be something that's going to drag you, draw you to your knees. There's always going to be something to remind you that you're human your hands to the Lord right now. Ask the Lord to help you. God, I pray, Lord, right now that there would be a strength that comes over your people. I pray, Lord, right now that there would be a healing that comes to our resolve, Lord. I pray that there would be a healing, Lord, that comes to our spirits. I bind every spirit of frustration in the name of Jesus, and I loose the grace of God. I loose the forbearance of the Lord. I loose the long-suffering of God upon this congregation, God. Uh, Wrap your arms of love around them this morning in the name of Jesus. Stand with me all around the building. I was thinking this morning You can't make up the difference. No matter how hard you try, you can't be it yourself. Let me let me let you in on a little secret. When you come before God sincere, your heart is sincere. In his eyes. your deficiencies are all made up for in the amount of grace that he has for us. It doesn't mean that we can we go and sin and live bad lives so that grace may abound. That's, that's ridiculous. But when you fail and you're truly trying to do the right thing, you come to God sincere. There's grace to cover you. got to the place let me just tell you I haven't gotten where Paul's at he got to the place where he said I glory 
I would rather glory in my infirmities. That the power of Christ may rest upon me. I glory in my weaknesses so that other people can see the reason that I'm able to perform in ministry the way that I am is because the power of God rests upon me, not because I'm some great person. Boasting in my infirmities or my weaknesses or the things that I'm struggling with or the things that I'm going through or the things that are coming against me. Because when all that can't hold me back, there's only one reason why. It's the power of God that rests upon me. Listen to this. He says, therefore, I take pleasure. Put it up on the board. Second Corinthians 12. Verse 10. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, which is a, a, a weakness, a frailty, a feebleness of mind and, and body. Reproaches. That's when you are injured. By, by an, or harmed by an overbearing insult from someone. In necessities, which is things that are imposed upon us because of circumstances or situations that arise where we are in need. He says, I take pleasure in the moments that I need. See, it's not human nature for us to want to be in these states and go through these things. But you have to realize the necessity in persecutions. It's hostility or ill treatment because of uh, your religion or because of your ethnicity or your political beliefs. In distresses. Distress is a calamity. It's an event causing great and sudden damage. It's anguish, which is severe mental, emotional, and physical pain. You see, we thought that when we, we go through things like this, that that this is the devil, this is the devil, right? That the, this is this is not supposed to happen to me. I'm a child of God. I want you to hear me. The things that keep us close to God are the things that we can't get past ourselves. And Paul said, I take pleasure in the things that I can't control and that I can't get past myself. Understanding. When I am weak, then am I strong. When I am struggling, then God can show forth his strength. Come on. When I am need, God can give me his provision. Come on, somebody. When I don't think I can go another day, God can give me the strength to make it through. 
Amen. And when I'm standing at the end and I'm standing before God and I can say, I have fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. I have stayed my course. I have finished my course. I can glory in God and I can say, it's only because of the Lord that I've made it. Somebody say, man, it's only because of God. There are people here this morning that you think that your weakness disqualifies you. It doesn't. Or your desperate need that you find yourself in this morning disqualifies you from being a child of God because you should have it all together. No, that's not the definition of a child of God. The fact that you need Him means that you are His. And he will never create circumstances in your life that will cause you not to need him. We need to ponder that for a minute. I've watched over the last several years as I've pastored. And I've watched as people come to the Lord God begins to do a work in their life. Dad, you know what I'm talking about. He begins to change things, move things around. They begin to find wholeness and healing. Their life begins to be better. Most people have not known better in that way. And they find themselves in a better condition. And it's not long and they're like, okay, I'm good. Thanks. They walk out the door and you never see them. Say, I'll never see them again. You see them eventually. When their bag becomes empty. Amen. And all that stuff that they fought to get healed from comes back because it will. Because there will never be a moment in our lives where we don't. God tell me one time I'm praying to win the lottery. Anybody ever done that? Anybody want to share? Lord, if I could just have that $40 million. I saw there a while back it was $800 million or something. If I could have that $800 million, I'd give you $10 million. God's never going to create circumstances in your life where you don't need Him. When the purpose of the Lord is upon your life, there will be necessities. There will be distresses. There will be anguish. There's going to be trouble. There's going to be tribulation. Come on. There's going to be uh, struggle. Amen. Not because He doesn't love us, but because He does love us. Somebody say, man. True strength is when you know that you don't have it, but he does. And the life that you're living is not because of who you are, but because of who he is living through you. And the strength that's coming through your life has nothing to do with your ability, but has everything to do with his ability.
Somebody say amen. I come to tell you this morning, he was tempted in all points. Let me read this scripture to you. Hebrews. Somebody say Hebrews chapter. My phone laying there. Don't have it in my notes, but I know I have it. Okay, I, I don't. Yeah, I do. For we have not and high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities but he was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin basically what that says is we have a high priest which can be touched with the feeling of our infirmities our weaknesses for he was tempted in all points like we are. Meaning he lived the life, he went through it, he overcame it, right? But he did it without sin. He did it without sin because we couldn't do it without sin. Come on. And the reason that we, he feels what we feel because he went through what we went through. And when we have an infirmity, I want you to hear me this morning. This is important in living for God. You have to realize he knows you're going through what you're going through. He knows that you're struggling with what you're struggling with. Come on. He knows the weaknesses that are in you. He knows the frailty. Come on. He knows the deficiencies that you have. He knows it. But he knows that his efficiency can make up for your deficiency if you come to him. If you come to him, we feel him because of our infirmity. The fact that we're weak drives us to him and causes him to be able to feel what we're feeling. Amen. And give us the strength to overcome. Amen. Turning your back from him and walking away from him is not the answer. Amen. Running away from the church is not the answer. It's time to turn to God and run to God. Paul was saying, I've learned that my infirmities are not going to push me away from God, but they're going to draw me to Him. Amen. I'm going to glory in my infirmities because this is an opportunity. My weaknesses and my shortcomings is an opportunity to show for God to show how strong He is on my behalf. Do we have that much faith this morning? Amen. I wonder if we could gather around this altar this morning. Everybody in the building, I wonder if you would come. Just gather around the front of the church as a family today. We're going to pray and then we're going to go home. that first pew, you're not in the altar. 
just shook her head. She's like, man, I'm leaning on this. You're fine where you're at. You're fine. We all have something in common. We all need the Lord. In fact, we have something in common with everybody in the whole world. They all need Jesus. They just haven't realized it. greatest thing that you can do for another person is have compassion for them. It's, compassion is an understanding of what that person is going through. And you know, nobody can have compassion truly minister to addicts is former addicts. That's the truth. The, the only people that can truly uh, minister to somebody that has a broken family is people that come from broken families. Amen. Because when you've gone through what somebody else has gone through, you know what they're facing. of Hebrews, he says that it behooved him, or it was necessary for him to be made like unto his brethren. He was made like us. That he might be a faithful and merciful high priest of things pertaining to God. Amen. He, the reason that he can have compassion on us is because he went through Somebody say amen. The fact that you're feeling a deficiency in your life and feeling a weakness in your life is not something that you need to be ashamed about. Hear me. It's an opportunity for God to do something in your life that he hasn't done yet. Come on. The fact that you're deficient in that area means that God hasn't shown himself strong in that area in your life yet. But he will. Somebody say he will. Amen. It's an opportunity. So I wonder, I wonder this morning if we can lift our hands, close your eyes to, and lift your hands to the Lord and just begin to feel after him right now and say, Lord, I glory in the fact that I need you this morning. I glory in the fact that I'm weak this morning. God, that I'm deficient, God, that I haven't gotten there yet, Lord. I still need you in my life. I still need you working. I need your mercy. I need your grace. God, Lord, I pray, God, that you would loose your grace upon these people today. Lord, wrap your arms of love around them and, and remind them that they failed, but you didn't fail. And that they might come up short, but you didn't come up short. And that you'll make up the difference. You'll make up the hedge. God, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would bring comfort to their spirits. Strength, God, to their minds, to their bodies, and to their spirits. God, I pray that you would restore hope. Lord, to their families. God, in the name of Jesus, I pray. Go ahead. Begin to reach for the Lord. Come on, remind the Lord, I need you this morning. I need you this morning. 
They may not need you. There might be people that might not need you today, but I need you, Lord. I'm desperate for you. God, I'm desperate for your help. I'm desperate, God, to be productive, Lord, in your kingdom. I'm, I'm desperate, Lord, to be blessed of you. Come on, I'm desperate, God, for you to touch my family. I'm desperate, Lord, God, for you to set me apart, Lord, and pour your purpose into me. God, I'm desperate. It's okay to feel emotion this morning. That's, that's okay. He feels us by the feeling of our infirmities. It's the emotion. Come on. It's our emotion that force causes him to feel us. Come on. Desire to touch us. Lord, I need you today, Lord. over and lay your hand on your neighbor and just begin to pray for them. Yes, Lord. And that God would strengthen them.
sing with Kaylin this morning. Everybody lift your voice. Let the Lord, I need you this morning. Come on, sing it with your heart. I need you today, Jesus. More than I ever have, I need you. Come on, I'm not growing less dependent upon you. I'm growing more dependent upon you. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.